Gentlemen, let the tournament begin. Welcome to episode 41 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And this is episode 4-1, the Seattle scoreline. It's just a shame that we're not actually recording this in Seattle, but we are recording it in our other Cascadian rival's home country, that of the Portland Timbers. Yep, we're down in Portland for the Rose City Invitational Tournament that gets underway on Sunday, and it's going to be a battle A battle not so much for winning the tournament, but for securing some of those last spots on the roster, Steve. Yeah, not only that, it's also a chance for especially the starting 11 to gel a little bit. They've said that they're going to mix it up, but you can kind of expect a little bit of uh, more of an assemblance of what you expect to see on first kick against the Red Bulls. Yeah, I think we're going to get a pretty good idea from these games as to, to what kind of not just formation, but actually what kind of lineup Carl Robinson is wanting to go from from the players that he currently has. Now, of course, we mentioned it last week that there is likely to be a new number 10 coming in, South American, Latin American guy that's going to be coming over from Europe, and that is still happening. He may even be arriving by the end of the week. Not sure whether he's going to get a chance to head down to Portland or not, but it looks like he's going to be arriving. And we, we also believe that there may be a second player coming as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what position. It could uh, it might be a cent- another central midfielder, maybe a box-to-box guy. But uh, it would be pretty exciting. We don't know what level either. Don't know age-wise what we're, we're looking at. Will they be fit enough to start with the team right away? I, I think from just from some of the, the stuff that's been going around, I think we're going to find that the, at least one, if not both, will be designated players. Well, that would be very interesting if that happens. We got a chance to head to training this afternoon at Providence Park, the newly named Piggy Park, and we, we got to see the guys going through the drills and a lot of sharpness out there. One of the big things for me was Kenny Miller played a lot of the scrimmages and he was looking pretty sharp. Yeah, it's uh, he's coming off that uh, quad injury, uh, which was probably related to his knee injury as well because sometimes it overcompensates and stuff like that. It, it'd be interesting to see if he's fit enough. A lot of people were at first writing him off to uh, first uh, for first kick, but now it seems like he could be there available, at least maybe in the 18, if not maybe on the starting 11. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to start tomorrow against Portmore. I don't think he's ready yet. I mean, he was doing some light training before, and now he's actually taking part in full scrimmages. And he was looking good, didn't look to have any any problems at all, and was like really vocal and, and, and played really, really hard in the game or the, the kind of mini scrimmages and the training session that we saw. So, I mean, that bodes well for the, for the season to come. Another player that we should talk about, too, who actually didn't play in either the Victoria or the scrimmage that last week was uh, Stephen Bedishore, and he looked uh, fully fit now and, and over his injuries. Yeah, he, he had a, a couple of little twinges, but he's he's back, and I, I think we'll, we'll see him starting against Portmore in, in the right-back position 
and it's going to be good to see him in a, in a, in a game atmosphere. Uh, what I'm really looking forward to seeing is how the guys do against Portland and against San Jose. Pre-season, it doesn't count for anything really and you can't take too much from it. But we are going to kind of get a bit of an inclination as to, to just where the Whitecaps are compared to some of their their Western Conference rivals. I think out of the three teams that are here, there's probably more upheaval with them. Uh, Portland seems like a very much the same team. They've had, made, had a couple new players, uh, but no major subtractions. San Jose, similar thing. Uh, they even kept their coach, who was an interim last year. At the end of the season, they uh, um, took that tag away from him and made him a full-time coach. So those two teams are kind of know what they're they're at uh, more than the what the Whitecaps are. I think it's interesting to see where the Whitecaps will be uh, at the end of this week. So we caught up with Whitecaps assistant coach Gordon Forrest after the training session today. Just asked what the feeling is like in the camp, what they're hoping to get from the Invitational Tournament, how the young guys are developing and just a, a few other things. Tune the fat with Gordon. So, Gordon, uh, first game of the three-team tournament coming yep. up, or three-game tournament coming up tomorrow. What's the expectations of the club in the games? Not again, it's uh, part of our, our pre-season schedule. So um, the, the guys have been uh, fantastic in training. Uh, you may have seen a few of the sessions, but the, their energy and enthusiasm in the, in the sessions has been great. Uh, we've been building slowly in the games, and it's now time to you know step it up a, a notch or two in these these final games before the, you know, the important first game of the season. So yeah, we're looking forward to the to the game game tomorrow. Is this a chance to kind of tinker with what might be the starting lineup, or is there still a lot to play for with regards to starting positions? No, it's everything everything to play for in, in these three games. Um, you know, you can see the. The number of players that we've got here so over the the course of the, the three games and we can uh, try a few different things a few different combinations a few uh, players in, in, in positions that we, we want to really look at um, so yeah there's there's everything you know for the players to to really give give their all in there to try and get that start in place for the the first game so a lot of um, was made about the veterans um being behind the the youngsters in the first week, have the veterans caught up a little bit now with the conditioning and the overall play? Yeah, I mean, not all the guys are are individually preparing um, for the start of the season. We we do a pre-season schedule, but they've all got their. The, the things that they need to pick up on as well but uh, you mean the the veterans as we want to call them then you know they're, they're right on track um, as you just mentioned as well the young guys might have been a, a little bit ahead in, in certain stages of their, their physical uh, outcomes but um, you know the, the guys are the guys are nearly there they're ready these games especially these these match preparations of the match fitness will uh, you know will help them but you know off the field as well the the veterans have been absolutely fantastic with the with the young players so it's all it's all mixing on the field and on off the field as well so it's it's good Kenny now has a couple of full sessions under his yeah, belt here. Um, can we expect to see him possibly Yeah, again, we we you seen him on the the field today. Over the course of the last few sessions, he's been a he's been a neutral player, just you know taking care of him. He was now, you know, in full training there. So we'll uh, we'll assess with the the medical team and the, the coaching staff after uh, today's session. We'll do that, and hopefully we can maybe see you know something from Kenny this week, depending on how he's feeling. Has Andre or Darren given you a scouting report on on Portmore there? Yeah, we're just speaking about that. You know how it's uh, you know, it's, it's great for these two. It's uh, 
it's a team and players that they'll be you know aware of as well. And we just mentioned there, you know, to Darren, you know, it's great for him to be on the field, and the guys want to back him to do well against uh, opponents that, that he knows as well. So yeah, we'll we'll potentially get some information as we we have done in the lead up to this games. Jackson Farmer, he's uh, scheduled to go to Charleston. Looks like on loan. What 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 have you told him in order to get him to prepare? And what do you expect him yeah. to do there in Charleston? It's a it's a fantastic um, part of his development. You know, for Jackson, an 18 year old um, kid getting to go to this environment. You know, Charleston is now part of the the club setup. It's a, it's great for us where we can now place place young players. You know, for for him as a player, but. Uh, you know, we're taking him out obviously of that 18s group. It will now be a, an even bigger, a bigger challenge for him as a centre back. He's going to be playing against, um, you know, good, strong, physical players uh, in that competitive environment week in, week out, and that's what we need for Jackson as an individual. You know, he's got to come up against big, strong, number nine type players. Uh, you know, maybe coming out of his comfort zone a little bit, being in and around everyone in Vancouver. He's got to, you know, go away in a different environment, be a leader there as well. So, you know, the expectation for Jackson is it's his next stage of his development. Uh, we'll continue to, to link with him on a you know a weekly basis, game basis, training basis, uh, and we'll review his his sort of loan period and you know month by month. So it's, it's great for him and others that will potentially follow as well. Have you made a decision? Obviously, you won't tell us the names. Have you made a decision as to who's definitely going down to Charleston? No, again, once once this week's uh, over as well, we'll we'll review. But we've got a, you know, a few ideas on on what we want to do with um, with players and, and how we want to develop them even even further and where where the right environment will be for them at this stage of their their development. So yeah, we'll we'll look at that and you know a few more will will hopefully go down to Charleston to you know so we can keep them together but we can also build that link with the with the club so it's exciting for us to, to have that opportunity for that And are we likely to see any new additions or new faces in the squad before the tournament's out? No, again it's um, you know it's something that we're you know, we're always looking at, we're always thinking about, but uh, yeah, I've not got much to to report on that just now. That would uh, come from the gaffer, or uh, once once anything uh, might come around. But yeah, again, we're always we're always thinking, thinking ahead, thinking on how we can, uh, you know, look at positions, improve the team, and you know, you never know what will happen in the in the next few weeks. The Whitecaps have three games coming up this week at the Rose City Invitational. But they also played an intra-squad scrimmage game on Wednesday, Steve, up at UBC, and and I wasn't able to make it to that, but you did, and it was it was quite an intense affair. Yeah, uh, the, the, well, the intensity really started off with uh, Kakuta Mane and Omar Salgado. They got in a little bit of a shouting match. Uh, Omar didn't like one of the passes that Kakuta made, and Kakuta took it to heart, and they, they both got uh, shown yellow cards initially, uh, which was interesting because they were on the same team, obviously. Then it kind of continued with Kakuta... Uh, doing a really harsh tackle, I think it was on Kafari, and sent him flying, and that got him his second yellow, so he got sent off in a scrimmage, which is quite surprising. Kind of funny, you don't really expect something like that to happen. But we, we can confirm for everyone that, that heard about this that basically as soon as they left the field, it was forgotten about, and the players, there's no issues at all with the players, and everything is, is good to go between them. Yeah, and then, well, but one thing is I could tell you that Kakuta was basically for the re- remainder of the scrimmage uh, on the sideline working out with uh, uh, trainers and working on his core and basically, I don't know if it was punishment or not, but it was definitely interesting to see him w- be getting worked a, over. A bit of tough love. And, and yeah. Carol said after the game that he, he loves the way that he plays, he loves the intensity, and he's looking for guys to come into the team that have an edge 
And if players don't have that edge, then they're not going to break into the squad. But he's also mentioned that he didn't want teammates to be going at each other, and that's something important, obviously, when the games were going. Yeah, I mean, you need harmony in the squad, and you just you just have to see it at the training session this afternoon um, in Portland. It's like really good squad camaraderie. Obviously, they, they headed down, as a lot of the guys all know, they headed down by train instead of bus. And it was a really good team bonding exercise. There's a good feeling in the camp. There's a lot of laughs, a lot of smiles at the end of the, the training sessions and a lot of hard work and focus during it. And when players make a mistake, it's good to see that they're, they're angry about it because they want to succeed and they know how important it is and that a lot of them have a clean slate and a chance to impress the, the new coaching team and try and, and get themselves not just onto the squad, but actually minutes and into the game day 18. Yeah, and one of the a couple of players that really impressed in that uh, scrimmage that we should also talk about instead of talking about the negative, let's talk about the positive. Uh, one was Christian Dean, uh, really played well as a center back. He uh, went up against uh, Omar Salgado and really gave him fits, basically, pressured him, was physical with him, and Omar was a little bit frustrated at times because of the intensity that Dean showed at him. I think another player that really played well for the blue team was Bryce Alderson kind of following up on the Victoria game, uh, really pushed forward, uh, really had a good partnership with Mitch Perot, another residency player, um, as the two holders. Uh, uh, Bryce was the one that was pushing more. Mitch would also move up a little bit and when Bryce was uh, holding back uh, in front of the front four. Steve, you talked to him after the train today, so we're going to have that later in the show. He's impressed Carl Robinson, and he's the chance is there for him to actually go and, and take it and get some minutes this year. And it's going to be good to see because he's really knuckled down, he's worked hard, and he he deserves it. And a lot of the young guys did stand out at the scrimmage because Marco Carducci as well oh, yeah. produced a number of fine saves, gave away a penalty, then stopped the penalty. If a keeper's going to do that, that's what you want him to do to make up for it. The only issue was, was he, he stopped one of our favourites as well, Ben Fisk. It would have been nice to see Ben uh, yeah. Fisk score, but, you know... It was tough to know who to actually cheer for on that penalty. I was hoping actually for Fitz because uh, he's kind of on the bubble right now. We're hoping he gets a contract. It looks a little dicey now, but it would have been nice to see him score. But, of course, Carducci's not going to let that happen. He's going to want to stop everything that comes his way. Yeah, it's really tough for Ben just now because there, there's so many players in the positions that he can play, whether in the wing or in the midfield. So there's a, a lot of competition there right now. And I think these three games coming up in Portland, they're huge for, for Ben Fisk. He really needs to step up. He really needs to make his mark. And he really needs to show that he deserves to be on the MLS roster. We believe in him. Long-time listeners and readers of AFTN all know how much we, we rate Ben Fisk. And I just hope he has a really good week here and he, he gets that MLS contract. Another uh, one, a standout, obviously, was uh, another residency player, young player, Keons Froze. Uh, another player who, actually, he came on for Kakuda when Kakuda was sent off because they obviously weren't going to go down to 10 men in the scrimmage. And so he, he, he kind of pushed the ball forward and uh, played from different positions. Sometimes was out wide and sometimes was central. So another, another strong performance by him. And these games coming up were another important one for Kian to, to try it and get himself that homegrown MLS contract. But unfortunately, he was playing in the residency games today and he, he tweaked possibly his groin and it's, it's maybe only just a two, three, four day injury. But unfortunately, he's heading back to Vancouver. He's not going to be playing in these games. He will be playing for the residency next weekend in the two games up in Vancouver. And also Mitch Perot. He's got a, he took a knock in that intra-squad scrimmage and he's not going to be able to play any of the games down in Portland either. So they're, they're both heading back up to, to the snow in Vancouver uh, on Saturday evening. 
So the first guy we mentioned there was Christian Dean. Now, Christian Dean has impressed many since he came here. After the scrimmage on Wednesday, Carl Robinson described him as like a man mountain and he's really impressed Carl Robinson and he's moving up the pecking order of the centre-backs. I would even maybe go as far to say that I have him in as number three at the moment. Wow, okay. Yeah, the thing is about Dean is you, you look at it and the Whitecaps might... A lot of people had the Whitecaps taking Blake and even the Whitecaps, there was strong indications that they were trying to trade up to get Blake. But somebody swooped him and ahead of them and got got the the goalkeeper Philadelphia did. It might have be a blessing in disguise that that Philadelphia went up to get him because Dean actually slipped down to number three and might be the best player out of the top three that are there. He's he's looking really composed. He's he's got great control on the ball. He played at left back in Victoria as we mentioned in, in the in the previous podcast. But I fully expect him to to get some minutes this year. I mean, you've got two aging centre-backs as well. You kind of have to expect that at least one of them is going to pick up at least a small niggle or injury that's going to rule him out of some games this year. So we spoke to, to Christian after the training session at Providence Park this afternoon just to see he's been in MLS now for just over a month since the Super Draft. How has he found his initial stages here? Has he had a chance to explore Vancouver? And what is he learning from the centre-backs on the team, the veterans Jay Demerit and Andy O'Brien? Here's Christian. Because we're all just friends in need Don't drop the ball, drop the ball Hey, and when we win this game We'll leave and be standing tall, standing tall So Christian, it's just over a month now Since you've joined the Whitecaps after the Super Draft How have you found the first month in MLS so far? Amazing, Uh, I mean, you know, being a pro is different than What I came from in college But it's probably, it's been a great experience so far It's really fun, I'm jesting well to all the guys And and they're accepting me, so it's been a really great transition. Training-wise, what, what are the biggest differences that you're, you're seeing here from what you've done in the, in the college game before? Uh, the speed. The speed, definitely, in training and also in like the preseason games we've played. I mean, you know, everybody's smarter and thinking ahead, and they're trying to read your next move, and you're also trying to read theirs. You're playing alongside a couple of veterans, and Andy O'Brien and Jay Demerit. What are you learning from them, and what have they kind of taught you so far in camp? What advice are they, are they giving you? Um, they're giving me a lot, uh, especially you know during half times. Uh, Jay will tell me stuff I need to improve on during the next half, and uh, Andy just you know he's there to just kind of look over me as well and I think having them there has helped me a lot. The Victoria game you're, you're playing left back obviously because there wasn't a, a lot of other options. How comfortable are you playing at, at left back? Is that somewhere that you, you wouldn't mind playing or do you really just prefer to play centre back? Uh, I would not mind playing left back at all. I actually played it um, in college and played it a little bit uh, during my youth years so I mean it's something that I could adjust to. I've just been playing centre back lately so uh, it'd kind of be you know take a little while to adjust back into it but I wouldn't mind it at all. Now, Victoria, you had a three-hour ferry journey from hell trying to come back from that, and then you had the, the train journey down to here. Mm-hmm. How, how have you found the travelling? Is it a lot different to the college? I mean, did you have to travel much in California, or was it more just local games that you were playing? Uh, there was a lot of travelling in college, um, but, I mean, you know, this is going to be a lot more. Um, the travelling so far hasn't been bad at all. Uh, I actually really like tra- the train ride. Um, love, love riding on the train. Uh, ferry ride wasn't that bad either um, so I think one of the things I'm going to have to adjust to is the cross country trips you know Yeah. but other than that traveling's not been so bad 
when when you be drafted you you had said you didn't know too much about Vancouver have you had a much chance to really explore the city yet or have you not really been there long enough to do too much I've explored it a lot actually uh, I just moved into a place and been getting around uh, downtown Gastown I uh, haven't explored really in Kitsilano yet I heard the beaches are really nice during the summer so I'll probably head there then but uh, I'm really loving the downtown area and you know I've driving through it um, on the way to practice and stuff like that so it's been fun uh, great thanks so much Christian and good luck for this season ahead so that was uh, first round pick Christian Dean talking about his time with the with it so far with Vancouver another th- uh, switching to the residency because we obviously came down to Portland for not just the Portmore game but why not come down for two residency games against Portland Timbers they, they came out today and they actually had a very impressive performance in both the U18s and the U16s. Two victories, six goals for the Whitecaps. It was a pretty, pretty solid performance by, by both squads in control of both matches from the start. In the under-18s, they won 3-0. The, there were two goals by Keons Froze just before he got injured. And then the uh, a newcomer, Hayden Simmons-O'Grady, scored uh, a late late goal to clinch the game. It was a fantastic performance, like you said. The, Portland really didn't... didn't uh, Nolan Worth was in that. He got the clean sheet. He, he wasn't really pressured. It didn't seem like there no, was there any danger of scoring. At all. Yeah. The Timbers under-18s are actually struggling this season, which from a Cascadian rival point of view is excellent to see. The guy that got the third goal, Hayden Simmons-O'Grady, he looked really good. He really impressed me. I thought he had some fantastic footwork. He... He was hard to get the ball off. He showed a nice little few twists and turns, and I think he's going to be a really good addition to the residency. Yeah, so Simmons O'Grady, he's a kid from Ottawa. He's a 97, so he's only 16. He's probably, maybe, he's obviously turning 17 this year. Very impressive for uh, that age. He's physically mature. Um, he looks like he plays a, a, the, a, the wide spot for in the midfield. So he's going to be a guy, he's already scored a goal in his debut. And this is his second goal now. And he's, he's joined the Whitecaps from Ottawa. So it's good to see that we're, we're still having our scout in Canada-wide. I have to wonder why like possibly the Montreal the Toronto academies didn't pick up on this guy. Because he looks really good. Two goals and three appearances, only one of which has been a start. I think he's going to be one to watch. So remember that name? Hayden Simmons O'Grady. And then you got the U16s. They, uh, they, they capped off the day with a 3-1 win. Um, there we had Dario Zanetta with two goals. Oh, wonderful goals, both of them. And uh, especially the free kick, which he actually fired over the, uh, curled it over the the wall, into the net and through the netting. It was fantastic. It was that powerful. He broke the net with his shot. I, I mean, it was it was a great goal. But the third goal, whilst that one was spectacular, the third goal, just the build up play, was really nice. Fantastic build up play, and Josh Cuthbert, their their um, their right back, uh, sent in a fantastic cross into the box and. Dario just had to direct it on that. It was easy goal, easy tap in. And the game itself, it was three one. It was the goal that the Portland scored was kind of against the run of play. The the team and these are young guys. They kind of let up a little bit. So they, they that goal was probably not deserved. And the Whitecaps themselves could have scored two or three more goals. It was yeah. it was a matter of them just not getting the touch. It, on it. it was three one going on six or or seven goals. Yeah. A couple of impressive performances in this game as well. Tern Campbell really impressed me. His his build and his stature, he seems to be really kind of coming onto a game. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him moving up to the 18s just to see how he does and to see if he continues his development. And another guy was Joshua Cuthbert, like we said, he sent in the cross, but he was 
all over the place and and and, and really controlled the right way. really controlled the right hand side and even even after he made that cross he made a couple of darting uh runs into the middle off the wing and uh but and, and tried to get in the, into more dangerous positions it was a fantastic performance by him and the thing is the white cats residency has really struggled to to produce a right back for the team and still early days for Joshua. Obviously, he's playing under 16 just now. But he's going to be someone to watch. He's really started to come onto his game this season. I think he's doing really, really well. And could this finally be our right-back residency prospect? Oh, definitely. I think so. I think he's probably one of the better ones to come out in a while. And the final thing we just want to say about the residency, Dario Zanata has two goals today. That takes him to 11 for the season in 12 games, nine of those being starts. And... He's he's doing really well. He's splitting his time sometimes between the 18s and the 16s, and he hasn't looked out of place in the 18s. So he's gonna he's gonna have a couple more years to, to come through the program, and another one just that's gonna be good to keep an eye on. Yeah, the only thing with Dario Dario's fantastic. He shoot right now. He shoot first. Uh, I think the one thing he probably needs to work on is is uh, combining better with the his teammates and into he holds on to the ball a little bit too much yeah. sometimes but that's, that's something with younger players do but that's something that they can work on definitely as they move up now one residency player who wasn't down in Portland today was Jackson Farmer the reason for that being on Monday he's heading to Charleston to be one of the first two players arriving for the Charleston Battery USL Pro Affiliation Loney deal uh, he's going to go down there with Marlon Ramirez who we don't rate really I don't. He, he's had a, I don't either. But he, he, I, I know a lot of people like his flash and dash, but I just don't see him translating into MLS at all. I have to say I find it really surprising that he's one of the two that, that's been first announced, but he did show a couple of little glimpses in, in training. The thing is, Marlon's English isn't that good, and I don't know if that maybe holds him back here, so maybe if he's down there and there's a few more Spanish speakers, maybe it's going to help him a little bit. One thing also is we got to mention that the uh, I know the Whitecaps are the ones sending the players and everything, but uh, they Charleston was in Arizona, and there probably is some communication as to which players they like as well. So there's probably some collaboration there. And the thing with Jackson is we we spoke to Kyle Robinson about him, and he said he likes what he sees from him, but he needs him tested against men. He needs to see how he's going to do in regular games against much older opposition. So this is going to be a great opportunity for Jackson. I mean, you think about that you've got Jackson and Christian Dean, and they're both really young. This could be a really promising centre-back pairing for a lot of years to come. And the two of them have played together in a lot of the pre-season games and look quite good. And we talked to Gordon Forrest earlier in the podcast, and he talked about Jackson as well. And he coached Jackson last year. And he, he, I think he has a good idea of what Jackson needs to do in order to develop and get to the next level. And like you said, I think it's a, you know, him and Christian Dean for a future defensive pairing, whether it's two or three years down the road, I think it could be phenomenal. Because the thing is with center backs, you you rather develop your own center backs instead of paying, especially in a cap system, you don't want to overpay for center backs. If you get young ones and that are developed, it'll be better for you down the road. It's surprising to see some of the, the residency guys, or at least one just now, going down to Charleston. There's going to be some more guys announced, but as Gordon said in the interview earlier, they haven't decided yet exactly who that's going to be. They want to, to make their mind up at the end of this week. One of the guys that went down to Charleston last year was Bryce Alderson. And as we said earlier in the show, Bryce has really impressed so far in this preseason. He's really kind of come onto his game. He's played well as a defensive midfielder. He's played well as a central midfielder. 
when he was first signed, I've said this before in the podcast, I was surprised he got the contract ahead of Ben Fisk. I wasn't really sure that he was ready for it at that time. But then he went down to Florida in the preseason, and he really impressed me. The games, the training, and he looked really good. And I thought he was maybe going to get his chance that season. But for whatever reason, Martin Rennie just did not give him any minutes. And Martin Rennie did talk him up too in the preseason as well. Yeah, and I mean, last year was a just a nightmare season yeah. for him with it, with his injury. And he talks about that. And he he's come back from that strongly. He's battling hard. And we caught up with him after training today. Ask him how he feels the camp's gone, what he's been showing so far, if he's got any advice for Jackson going down to Charleston. And here's what Bryce had to say. So Bryce, it's been a... A better start to this preseason than last year. You've really impressed in a couple of years. What's what's been the difference for you? Um, I mean, obviously last year I didn't actually have a preseason. I came in and, and developed the tendonitis on my literally my first session back in Vancouver. So um, kind of anything would have been better than than last preseason. But yeah, it's gone well and it's uh, so far been a good experience. You, you've you've got a, a clean slate with um, with the new management and everything. It seems like uh, what, what have they told you? And what what do you what are their expectations of you going into this season? I mean, they had expectations of me in terms of coming back into the the season fit and uh, and relatively sharp. And for the most part, I've I've done that. I've come back fit and come back uh, back ready to go. And I think that was the expectation on, on their part. Um, so hopefully, I'm, I'm meeting it. In, in your off season, you had uh, you, you spent time with the HPP, and you also spent a, t- a two week training stint on Q- QPR uh, in England. What what did you learn from there that you brought to this preseason? Um, obviously, that was just it was a good experience to be able to to continue training and uh, and stay fit and stay sharp combined with the, the HPP and and also training over in in England. I think. Uh, I think the biggest thing I took from from England was that the the quality of some of the players was extremely high and kind of showed how how good the next level is. Um, but there's also a lot of players who uh, who, in my opinion, were very comparable to to players we have here. So um, it was really good motivation because it shows kind of what it takes to get to the next level, but shows that it's also very uh, very attainable. There's a lot of hype in these offseason about uh, guys like uh, young guys like Bustos and Froze coming in and everything like that. Um, did that add any pressure to you? And, and, and how are you prepared for the season? Uh, no, absolutely not. I mean, this club obviously has huge, huge uh, demands and, and expectations on the young players, and, and they do a lot to try to push the young players through. I'm, I get along well with those guys, and, and honestly, I hope the, hope the best for them. At the end of the day, obviously, we're, we're fighting for, for positions, but I don't think players in the, in the team let that affect, uh, affect individual relationships. Uh, Jackson Farmer is slated to go down to Charleston. What kind of, you were there for last year? Obviously, it was a lot of injuries, concerns, and everything like that as well. You didn't play too much, but is there any advice you would give him in uh, in preparing for to go for the whole full season in Charleston? Um, I would tell him to to take from it what he can and and understand that it is more or less like a, a second division or or a step step below. So the the standard in that won't be as high as it is set in in Vancouver, but um, to not let that affect affect him and to definitely do do what he needs to in order to take uh, take positives from the experience and come back a better player. Okay, thanks a lot, Bryce. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'm really rooting for Bryce this season. I hope he does well. I hope he gets some minutes, and I, I hope he, he shows the potential that he showed when he won the back-to-back Canadian Under-17 Player of the Year, the, the two years that he won it. Now, he, he had some interesting things to say there, especially around about Charleston. 
maybe didn't come across as the most complimentary, but I think he picked his words very carefully, and it's something that we both agree with with what he said. I think he was. I, I'm kind of in agreement. He people that gotta go that go down there gotta take what they can out of it. They can't expect to be playing at that level and at the USL Pro level and think it's MLS quality. You gotta elevate yourself and even get more out of it than uh, and get the playing time, get the experience. So when you do come back to MLS, you're able to take out of it. You gotta also think that this guy was frustrating. It was frustrating for him last season. Um, he's used to a high high-level coaching, and maybe the coaching wasn't there last year, and obviously they've worked on maybe fixing those training sessions with, with the Charleston. The thing for Jackson as well, though, is he's not stepping down from MLS level to USL Pro. He's moving up from under-18 USSDA level to USL Pro. Yeah. So for someone like Jackson, I think this is actually really, really beneficial. And of course, we've talked about it umpteen times now. The most beneficial thing is for Vancouver to have their own USL Pro team, whether it's run by them or whether they're just providing the players so that everyone's on the same playbook, everyone's close to home, people can just keep an eye on them and just see how everyone develops. Totally agree with you. I, I think the best thing for them to do long-term is their own. And and I think, like I said, like we said before in other podcasts, the Galaxy have it this year. Uh, uh, you know, their USL Pro team, that's going to be the guinea pig. They're going to check to see how it worked. Um, obviously, they don't want to invest in something before uh, and they're gonna let somebody like the galaxy try it out and see how it works for them and then maybe they they take the steps to do that for themselves whether it's the whitecaps own it or somebody else comes in owns it and whitecaps supply players locally so they have more control over the team and the players for me that that's the, the only way forward but i mean hopefully these affiliations are going to prove useful and whoever we send down hopefully they get some some good stuff out of it and they come back next season hungry looking to make a difference and actually looking to make an impact in the MLS squad. So we'll see how that goes. So that's it for another episode. We hope to bring you another one during the week, maybe at the weekend, depending on how things go down in Portland. So before we say bye-bye, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat and obviously writing when I can for Canadian Soccer News. And you can find me on Twitter at AFTNCanada. Send us an email about the podcast or the blog or anything you want at aftncanada at hotmail.com. Read all our stuff on Canadian Soccer News, aftn.ca. And also you can read some of my stuff on soccerly.com. The three games coming up in Portland this week are, are going to be important for a lot of players just to, to try and make sure that they get their contracts, but also for the guys that are hoping to be starters come first kick on March 8th. We're going to get a bit of a better idea what that starting lineup might be. Obviously, there could be some new additions still to, to kind of throw a spanner in the works, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So, the games are all getting streamed. Watch out for that. Give us your feedback on Twitter. And until next time, take care and mourn the caps. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.